Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine, dressed in Dodger blue. What's going on, Larry? Oh, it's close to Dodger blue, but it's not actually Dodger blue. But thanks for thinking of me because we're down two games to one. And, uh, and if, we don't, yeah. if we don't win tonight, Daryl, I think, I think we're done. We're toast. Well, and, you, and you really don't care. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm Todd Long out of the hunt on this one. I'm pulling for you. And uh, I'm cheering for the Dodgers. It's good. Uh, and you're welcome back. You're, you're lying. I know you're. No, no, I'm, I'm totally there. I'm totally there. I'm. I'm. I'm you know, I'm not going to get a tattoo if they win the World Series, but I will definitely <laughs> uh, cheer you on. So um, I'm not going to hold your hand when you get the tattoo either. <laughs> so welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. If you're new, you have joined a growing international community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, doing the hard work. We call it Selling from the Heart. And Larry, uh, the feedback from last week's conversation about millennials in the sales profession, what a blast. What a, I mean, it seems like uh, we definitely struck a chord and it has been fantastic hearing from uh, many of you out there in the audience. And uh, we want to keep that conversation going. But Larry, it's been cool talking to, to some of our, uh, at least compared to you and me, some of our younger friends out there entering the sales career. It, it's it's interesting because the the person who sparked the podcast, you know, that spoke to millennials, actually, I just got a message from him about half an hour ago. And this person said it's one of the best podcasts that really struck home with him that is sparking him to write. And he's got the confidence now to write and voice his opinion and be his genuine, authentic self. And it's all stemming from listening to the podcast, following the blogs. He just got the book. So I'm excited. That, that yeah. I said, that's why I do what I do. Fantastic. And, and it's so exciting. You're talking about confidence. What a great segue, because today we have live and in person, the confidence creator herself. Larry, why don't you introduce Heather? So, you know, and, and I always say this because a lot of the guests that we've had on Selling from the Heart have stemmed from personal introductions from friends or it's people that I've met through social. And yes, social does work if you do it genuine if you stay true to yourself if you're authentic and I met Heather through Scott McGregor so Heather and I did a a project together for a really good buddy of mine Scott McGregor in a book called Standing O where we each wrote a chapter in his book and you know Scott was kind enough to donate the proceeds back to a couple of his charities so uh, that's how I got to meet Heather and wow Heather's just I, I just say a ball of fire, but without further ado, Heather Monahan, who's the author of Confidence Creator, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, man. Well, this will be a blast. This yes. will be a blast. By the way, I, I think it's going to go without saying you'll find this in the show notes. Confidence <laughs> Creator, what a phenomenal book. But before we dive into that, I can't forget, we always ask our guests uh, the question on the Selling from the Heart podcast, and the really simple question is this, Heather. What does it mean to you when you hear the word selling from the heart? 
Selling from the heart means you really believe in what you're selling and really believe in who you are. So you're able to be open and real with what you're bringing to market. So, you know, really owning who you are and owning what you're selling. And that that's a huge deal. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you get there? How do you, you know, how do you get to the point where you really, especially I know in the confidence creator, you talk about building that confidence in yourself. I mean, how does, how does somebody build confidence? I mean, as sales professionals, we always can build more confidence. We need it because it's a, you know, it's a tough racket, right? Uh, You, we get a lot of, uh, a lot of rejection. It can be really tough out there. There's a lot of things chipping away. Um, one thing is for sure, um, we all want to build our confidence, but I've noticed, um, a lot of the, at least the senses when it comes to building confidence, a lot of the strategies out there are kind of fake. And it it seems like you've really, um, found some ways to build confidence that, that are authentic, that are, are genuine. Um, talk a little bit about how that's looked and, and, and what that means to you and, and what advice you'd give. Uh, to other folks that are looking for ways to build genuine confidence? Sure. There's so many different ways that Mm -hmm. I wish I had known when I was younger. Had I had my book when I was a kid, I'd be the president of the United States right now. So I By the way, I trumped Donald Trump for number one in business um, autobiographies, business motivation when I came out first week on Amazon. So I was super proud. Congratulations. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I would say is, it really not comparing yourself to others, which I know people find difficult to do in the world that we live in today. A couple of tips I give people. Number one, unfollow those people that you're stalking and wondering, is he still dating my ex-girlfriend? Is she skinnier than I am right now? Whatever that, you know, that focus that you have in your mind, because the reality is you're giving that other person your energy, your power. Mm -hmm. And you're really helping to support and elevate them by by always comparing yourself to them. So let's stop that. Instead, put the focus and attention on you, right? So number one, comparison is the thief of all joy. So let's walk away from that and get rid of those people on social. Then investing in yourself is really an amazing way to build confidence. Being here right now and listening to this podcast Mm -hmm. is an investment in you. And that's a way to show yourself, I am worth more. I really am valuable. And my number one investment is going to be investing in and creating me. There's so many different ways that, you know, I leave myself reminders. If I've got a big day and I'm out in this new space, yes, I've been in sales my whole career, but now as an author, I don't know people in the book business. I don't know if this idea that I have is a good one. So I'm a rookie in the space. I have to go back and remember my big wins and I write them down on a piece of paper so I can remind myself later. Hey, when I was younger, I was nervous to make this pitch and it worked out. I lived, I got the deal closed, whatever it may be, but I learned from that and I'm going to leverage that experience to this situation now so that I can give myself that boost of confidence to say, you know what, this worked in the past. Something tells me this is going to work again. But it's really helpful to have those notes right in front of you so that you can tap into them in that moment when you need it. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting that um, when you say working on yourself, because so many people fail to work on themselves, they, you know, especially in sales, because we work on so many other things, right? It might be 
company knowledge or it might be product knowledge or it might be support knowledge. And that's all important. But if we fail to work on the most important piece of this, which is ourselves, and I would say, you know, we got to work on our core first. And, you know, it, it's interesting because a lot of people just don't spend enough time working on themselves. I don't care if it's every day or once a week or a couple times a week is if we fail to do that, then in my opinion, it, it's hard to really succeed out there. Well, it's suddenly more socially acceptable to have that conversation, right? And when we were younger, I'm 44, 20 years ago, people didn't talk like that. So, and especially for women, they would say, oh, you're selfish if you're investing in yourself. You're selfish if you're spending time working on you. So there was a societal, you know, creation or perspective that you were supposed to be giving to others. What I've learned, and I know you guys have learned this, is really you know, when you're on an airplane and it starts going down, they don't say, give that mask to the toddler next to you and let them survive. They say, put that mask on you, suck that (laughs) oxygen in and make it so you can help everyone around you. And that's how I live my life now. I take care of me first because when I'm my best version of me, the whole world around me is happier because I can help elevate them. So then why do people struggle with it? Because I see people struggle with this all the time. And I, especially in the sales world, why do you think they struggle with finding out who they really are? Because it's scary and it hasn't been the norm. And we live in this fake society with fake filters and fake news and fake media. And, you know, this, this claim that you're supposed to be perfect. Well, perfect doesn't exist. And what I found is the sooner you rip that Band-Aid off and own your flaws, own that your feet stink, own that your closing percentage isn't as good as someone else's, you open that door up to have someone come help you and show you maybe a small adjustment that you could make or something they learned. But if you're pretending you're armored and perfect, no one's going to extend a hand to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's strong. You know, one of the other things you mentioned in when it came to creating confidence in your book, The Confidence Creator. And once again, if you don't have this book, you got to go get this book. I can't I, I, I can't wait to read the rest of it. I've only read part and it's just gold. But one of the things you said was you've got to listen to your inner voice, that a key part of building confidence is paying attention to what's going on inside you and acting on that. How's, what would you say to sales professionals when it comes to listening to their inner voice? It's really important to journal. So one of the ways I sharpened yes. and, and, and grew my inner voice was starting to recognize it. Because if you've been turning a blind eye to it for a long time, that voice is getting really tiny, tiny, tiny. So yes. now you need to re-engage with it so you can amplify it. And the safest place to do that is in your car after a meeting or at home at night alone or in the morning, whenever you can have time and space alone to get real with yourself and ask yourself, how did I feel in that situation? How did I feel about this? And you're going to start noticing, wow, I don't like being around that person or I don't like how I feel in this environment. You're going to start noticing things about yourself that will lead you to exactly where you are meant to go but it starts with increasing and turning that voice up. Mm, that's strong. Yeah, you know, it's interesting about, uh, you say getting real and, and you know, I, I throw some zingers out there every now and then. I do it not to rattle cages, but I do it because I care. And one of the things that I always say is, if you can't get real with yourself and especially, you know, as a sales professional, if you can't get real with yourself, if you can't ask yourself the hard questions and answer them, then how do you expect to get real with your clients and prospects? Hmm. 
It's so true. And it's so powerful to be able to, you're more approachable and relatable when you're real. When you have that armor on and you're petrified and you're hiding behind something and you're dressing like a different person because you think that's what you're supposed to do, people smell that. They will not connect with you. And if you can't truly connect with someone, Mm. you're not going to sell them anything. Mm. No, and and that's what, and that's why I like referring to people as a bunch of empty suits. (laughs) <laughs> with commission <laughs> breath. Yeah. With commission breath. But I think the journaling thing is is so huge. And we we talk about that a lot on the podcast. And I know I, I'm glad you're saying that because I know I'm sure sometimes people hear, well, as sales professionals, we need to self-reflect. We need to, you know, get alone and spend that time. And you know, the tendency is to go, I don't have time to do that. That's, you know, that's way too fluffy for me. Well, guess what? This is, you know, the substance that we bring to the, to the market, to the world, to our clients is inside. And the only way to access that, uh, that core part of you, your heart is to spend some time with it and do some, you know, do some digging. Um, and you know, Larry, when you put together selling from the heart, if you've read selling from the heart, you'll know at the end of the first chapter and many of the chapters, there's a self-reflection journal. And I love, you know, I think this is something that's so easy for, for all of us to gloss over, especially in the hard charging sales profession. But we, we really, really need to take that time to self-reflect and to assess who we are. And, and like you said, Heather, that, that inner voice, boy, it gets squelched out by all of the pressure, the negativity, the frustration, um, man, I, it, that, that's strong. That is so on point. You know, we're all looking to have that unique value proposition, right? When we walk in anywhere, what separates us? The easiest way to find your unique value proposition is to find your voice and be that real you. That's the unique value proposition. <laughs> then you don't have to focus so much on what's the price point between me and my competitor, or, you know, did I make as many calls as this guy? When you know you're shining your light and owning who you really are, you step into this powerful way of living that I can't even put into words how much your life will change. Because for me, this has only happened in the past 14 months. And I had a successful career in sales. I had a successful career in sales leadership. But by really stepping into my power, owning my authentic voice and walking away from what didn't serve me, I stepped into the most amazing time of my life. And when that happens, you move to this purpose-driven place of being the real you. Wonderful things just start showing up. And it never was that way for me in the past. Everything was hard in the past. And now beautiful opportunities like Scott calling me saying, hey, join me and be a contributing author. I love you. And all the amazing people I met through that opportunity or Maria Menounos having me on her show and saying, I want to help you. I can see how passionate you are and real. How can I help you? And then having the confidence, as I've learned over time, to accept help and ask other people for help. Mm-hmm. So all these different steps just keep taking you and building momentum that really gets that flywheel moving at a speed I didn't even know was possible. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, and, and that's one of the things and that's why I align so well your message and all that. And I just love talking to you when I get the chance to talk to you is because I think in order to really have that resonate and we've got to become vulnerable and I wear the big V on my chest all the time. I I'll wave the flag on it. I don't care. I ask for people's help all the time. It doesn't matter just because, you know, that that's just me. Mm-hmm. But 
that's just, I, I think this whole authentic, this whole being genuine, being vulnerable and waving the flag. I even see it because people are flocking to it now more than ever before because they're tired of seeing disingenuine, right? People who just don't give a rip. And this fakeness has gotten to a point where it's like a rapid epidemic that's going on. And when people do start speaking with people who are genuine, being authentic, they go, hey, I want to be like you or you know what? There's something about you. It's just it's the like you said, it's hard to describe. It's just a presence that happens. It's something that just people can smell it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, part of being vulnerable is not only asking for help but also creating boundaries and standing up for yourself. And for me, that was hard a long time ago. To, wow, this person's not treating me well. Being vulnerable was actually saying that. Wow, I don't like how you talk to me. I was admitting that you were hurting my feelings. And when I was younger, I was really scared. to. I wanted to be tough. And you know what? Toughen up, Heather. Ignore them. Being vulnerable is about just owning how you feel and verbalizing it. And when you begin to do that, you are showing other people how to treat you. And everything starts responding. The people around you start responding and treating you differently. And then people are saying, wow, so-and-so would never talk to her like that. No, they wouldn't because I taught them how to treat me. Yeah, right. Wow. How can that look in the sales, uh, in a sales conversation? I mean, that thinking about being vulnerable in a sales context, I mean, it sounds good. But then when you really start thinking about it, there's part of it that's just like terrifying, right? To, to go and be vulnerable in a business, uh, a business environment. And, um, you know, we've been, I've been on a steady digest of Brene Brown recently. I mean, I just, I love, uh, love her stuff. Huge shout out to, uh, to, to Darian greatly and all of that. But I'm curious from your perspective, when you think about yourself as a sales professional and, and injecting or bringing vulnerability into, um, the sales environment, what, are, what, what does that look like to you? So, you know, for me, now that I'm in this author world, I'm just starting, I'm self-published, so I'm just starting with book signings. I did my first Barnes & Noble last week, and I'm doing a local Florida books and books uh, tonight, actually. And so awesome. when they say to me, Heather, so what do you expect for the turnout tonight? This is what I say. Believe me, I'm very familiar with business. I know you're all about ROI. However, I am a rookie in this lane. I can tell you this. I commit to promoting it on social. I commit to pitching myself for media and I commit to my friends supporting it and being there. Outside of that, I can't guarantee you a number because this is my second time doing this. But I am a ride or die. I'm not going to forget that you stuck by me. I'm going to help you unload these books and sell them. And you've got my word on that. And that's really being true versus some of these people that they have coming in. They're saying, oh, I'm sure it's going to be packed and we'll sell out. But then you have to have that uncomfortable moment of, oh, my gosh, what if it doesn't sell out? Then what are you going to do? Run out the door and feel badly about yourself? That's not going to work for me, you know? You're either uncomfortable up front or you're uncomfortable in the (laughs) results, right? But the more that you're uncomfortable being real... Yes. That, then the discussion isn't that hard. And if I have that discussion being real and honest and they say, well, that's not how we do business here. I know that's not the people I'm meant to be aligning myself with. And I've got to go pitch myself to someone else. Mm, strong, strong. You know, you, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because 
I'm sitting here taking some notes, you know, as far as some of the things that I personally have to do that I learned from you on this podcast, but it was really interesting because I got to share a story with you, Heather, because I think you could probably relate to this is I, re I remember I was halfway through writing selling from the heart and I started dripping my book out and somebody asks, he goes, this person goes, I want you to look up a word as, you know, just because I see the stuff that you're putting out there, I want you to look up the word self-deception, especially around you're writing a book on selling from the heart and being genuine and being authentic. And it really took me off guard. And actually, I remember I call in Daryl and I go, what's this person all about? This, put, this person's poking holes at me. But then as I started to, to really dive into what self-deception meant, and then actually messaging this person, they said, you know, a lot of the books that are written around being genuine, being authentic are people who probably aren't genuine and authentic. So they're just deceiving themselves. And, and, and I could tell, you know, just from me knowing you and you knowing me is, you know, I, I don't think self-deception is even at the forefront of this, but self-deception is at the forefront of a lot of people when they say I am genuine, I am authentic, mm -hmm. authentic, because I think a lot of times those are just buzzwords that are thrown out. Well, I also think that to me, that brings up the topic of haters, right? So the more successful you get, the more the haters are going to come for, for you. And when you were dripping out bits about the book, it was unique. It was different. And that makes people very nervous. And so what I've learned is that's the time to stand up and applaud. Holy cow, I'm doing something different. I'm rattling some cages. And that means I'm unique, which is so exciting. You know, when I, in years ago, I would think, oh, the haters are coming. I better back off and I don't want to upset anybody. And I've really learned now that's instead the time to throw a party and say, I think we're on to something. We're doing something a little bit different here. Well, yeah, that's so, that's so true. Cause, um, I got a special place in my heart for Keenan a, because he, he's kind of the inspiration behind me doing a lot of the writing. And obviously there, you know, he's on the, on the front of my book, but I remember having a conversation with him a couple of years. He goes, you know, you've arrived, especially when people start hating on you. He goes, you just got to take it and throw, like you said, throw a big party. He goes, I remember when I started getting people hating me, he goes, I was just I thumbs up, right? And, and Keenan's the most, you know, lively person I freaking know. But he just goes, yeah, people love it now. They hate me. I love it. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's easier said than done. And I have yes. an interesting situation. So again, I didn't know anything about the book business. Everything I figured out, I Googled, right? So, you know, I, this was just built from the ground up. However, I learned about Goodreads, which is a platform that's a big deal for authors and you get rated and ranked, et cetera. I didn't really know much about it. I knew I had a page up there that I created. Well, I decided to go check on it one day and I saw <laughs> that a woman with a ghost face who had never written a review before gave me a one rating. <laughs> In, and I had you know, a, a ton of five-star ratings and great reviews. And I thought, my book might not be for everyone. Maybe it's a five, maybe it's a four, maybe even a three, but a one? <laughs> no, are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. So I got very upset at first. And then I took a step back and thought, I'm rattling cages. I'm making people uncomfortable. I understand. But I decided I'm not going to stop there because it's actually when you get a really low rating, it, it drops your rank significantly. And I didn't like that. So I decided to take to social media and I shared the screenshot and I wrote to Barbara, because that was the code name. On <laughs> Dear Barbara, had you truly read my book, you would have put your real picture up and owned your profile and owned your one rating like the amazing human being that you have the potential to be. You did not. 
You put a ghost face up with a, with a you know, a fake profile and try to rip and run with a one. I'm not going to allow that. If you want to read me a one, put your face up there, own it, and I'll applaud you and tell me why I didn't like the book. But until then, you know what? Give it a fair read because once you do, you will put your picture and profile up and, and you'll own who you are. And the outpouring of support I got for that on LinkedIn was unbelievable because people thought it's so easy to hide behind these fake accounts and online but they wanted to help me because they saw that it did ding my rating. And overnight, I, I got a ton of new, you know, five-star reviews. And, and it was so, it ended up being a great experience that showed me yeah. that a lot of good people out there if you allow them to help you. Oh, strong. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, as we end, I want to um, put, Larry, I'm going to put you and Heather on the spot. Uh-huh. And I want, want us to think, we always end the podcast with, giving some practical action um, to our listeners. And we talked about reflection. We talked about getting out a journal, carving out some time that's quiet. Okay, I want us to think of what are some questions, some good questions that uh, sales professionals can ask themselves to begin to discover their inner voice. Go. <laughs> what do you think? I'll get you oh. started. Okay, you, you start and I'll play off that. <laughs> okay, the, fir- the first thing that comes to mind is what did I love doing when I was a kid that I oh, gave yeah. up okay. not to, right? So that's an easy one. The uh-huh. second thing, and I ask everyone to do this, send out an email to 10 people at work, your friends, family, whoever, and say, what is unique or different or special about me? And watch how you feel and the thoughts that you start, these ideas trigger because people are going to see things about you that you're not recognizing are really powerful and special. So when you start tapping into that, you're going to start seeing yourself in different ways, which will really start allowing you to look more inside. Yeah, it's a, um, and it's interesting you said that, that question because in my self-reflection journal, I have people, you know, they got to ask some really tough questions and one of them is, and I actually have, I actually have my son doing this right now, is take your inner circle, your family, your friends, maybe centers of influence, and you got to look them in the eye when you do this and just ask them, you know, based on what you know of me, what would be five or six descriptive words you would use to describe me, right? That's great. And and the reason why is if you did this with five, say you did this with five family members and you did it with five friends, now all of a sudden you have all these common words and you can start circling those common words to help you build up you. I mean, I mean, it's interesting because he's, he's on a big homework assignment right now, so I'm curious to see if he, if he fulfills it or not. But I just think if you knew that from people who know you, those are good confidence builders. Um, Absolutely. And you just brought up another idea, Larry, not around the journaling, but around how to reach your goals and be confident. You were an accountability partner for your son. And when we employ an accountability partner for anything, it's a great way for us to build confidence, drive us to reach our goals and really stay committed to where we want to go. And it yeah, because, yeah, because I did, you know, unfortunately, Daryl knows this is I was harder on myself than anybody ever was. And so I'm just never satisfied. And it, it took me till later on in life to kind of figure out that, hey, I got to pull back the reins a little bit. But it wasn't until I started self-reflecting every day that I kind of squashed a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, 
words of encouragement is just, boy, if, if we, I don't care when it is, whether it's morning or if it's at lunchtime or it's at night, we really got to take a step back and work on us. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Such a great conversation. Thank you. Oh man. I, I can't wait to read the rest of this book. I feel, I feel more confident now than I did 30 minutes ago. Uh, I know that uh, the questions, these are fantastic questions and, uh, Heather, thank you for all you're doing and thank you for the uh, authenticity, the genuine heart that you're bringing to everything that you do. You're a true Selling from the Heart champion. We're so glad you're here with us and uh, man, just just wonderful. And I want to challenge everybody in our audience to do exactly what we're talking about today. Carve the time out to discover your inner voice. Um, These were great questions and great ideas to begin that journey. Look, in the sales profession, it's hard. It, it doesn't, it is hard. It is, um, it is a tough, mentally, emotionally tough profession. And we need confidence and we need to, uh, to look deep inside to find and draw out that confidence from within us. So Heather, uh, thank you for that. And thank you for all that you do. Um, everybody, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep doing the hard work carve out some time for yourself, and most of all, sell from the heart.